Welcome to Exotic Pets. I'm Tracy Hotchner, whom you may know as the dog and cat lady, but I'm wearing a different hat here. With the brilliant collaboration of my co-host, Dr. Doug Mater, the world-renowned veterinarian specializing in exotic animals, we are here to celebrate all the other pets that share people's lives. This show is for people interested in pets that slither, hop, creep, fly, or swim, from bunnies to iguanas, parrots to ferrets, snakes to tortoises. Dr. Doug is going to teach us the physical requirements of these exotic pets and how to manage the often challenging environments and correct diets essential to their welfare. Dr. Doug Mater is the author of the wonderful memoir, The Vet at Noah's Ark, Stories of Survival from an Inner City Animal Hospital. He is recognized worldwide as a veterinary specialist on exotics and is the author of four major veterinary textbooks on reptiles and amphibians. We are proud to have ZooMed Laboratories as the founding sponsor of Exotic Pets. ZooMed has earned its reputation as the number one reptile and amphibian supplier in the world from simple beginnings 45 years ago as a passion project for one man who still runs it. Renowned as the international leader in UVB and heat lighting, ZooMed manufactures all their reptile supplies, accessories, and tools in the U.S., which they test on their own collection of animals, which surround everyone at headquarters. We're also sponsored by Oxbow Animal Health, the one brand that has stood out for more than 30 years as the leader in health and wellness for small mammals. Veterinarians, rescues, and passionate pet parents worldwide trust Oxbow to support the health and happiness of their small pets. Oxbow provides for rabbits and guinea pigs, ferrets and chinchillas, hamsters and gerbils, mice and rats, because these small pets have big hearts and require special nutrition and care. Oxbow has everything needed for their best life, the right hay and nutritionally complete foods, treats and supplements, litter and bedding, and a whole line of enrichment products created so your little loved ones can chew, play, hide, and explore every day. We're also brought to you by the bird food specialist Zupreme, which started with a revolutionary yet simple idea, provide exceptional diets for extraordinary animals. Best known as the bird nutrition specialist, Zupreme creates many foods for birds of all sizes, and they also make a variety of treats to appeal to every sort of bird and enhance their lives. Dr. Doug Mater knows just about everything there is to know about every sort of pet who isn't a dog and a cat, and guess what? He even knows a lot about dogs and cats, having them himself. But one of the questions that I asked him, because I don't know anything, which is part of the joy of the show for me, is do exotic pets need vaccinations? And we did a show already with Dr. Micah on the Ebola-type virus that rabbits can get and the vaccine they need to have. But Dr. Doug, you said that ferrets need a number of vaccines, or is it just one vaccine? But it's something that people may not know. Hey, well, good morning, or good day, uh, Tracy, and thank you again for having me with you and your listeners. I always appreciate the opportunity. Um, yeah, you know, ferrets ferrets need vaccines just like many other animals do. I mean, we're used to our dogs and cats getting vaccines, and heck, uh, you know, human babies need vaccines. And, of course, with uh, respiratory syncytial virus and the flu and COVID, vaccines have been in the forefront lately. Yes. So. There's a lot of misinformation out there, so I think it's probably a really good idea we chat a little bit about vaccines because there is some innate fear that people have of vaccines now, which is really unfortunate because yes. vaccines, um, most of us wouldn't be here if we didn't have vaccines. Right. Um, 
So yeah, let's let's chat about that because that's important. So ferrets, you know, they're carnivores and they're, they're mammals and all mammals have the potential for getting rabies. Oh. And so rabies is one of those things that they definitely should be vaccinated for. And I know people say all the times, well, my ferret never goes outside. Um, you know, he's never going to be exposed to rabies. And that may be true. If you're never, ever, ever exposed to it, there's no way you're going to get rabies. But in a lot of municipalities, the, the, the municipality requires, just like with dogs and cats, that ferrets have, ferrets are kept vaccinated for rabies. And let's talk a little about the legality of that first. And probably the most important thing is, yes, your ferret may never get rabies because it never goes outside. It never plays with wild raccoons and things like that that are natural vectors for rabies. Um, things like raccoons and skunks, they, they, they tend to be vectors for rabies in a lot of places in the United States. And so if a ferret were to tangle with one, there's outside chance that a ferret could be exposed. Now, if a ferret gets rabies, it's going to die. But if your ferret's vaccinated for rabies and then gets bitten by an animal that's rabid, there's a good chance it won't die. And so I think that's really important. So, yeah, we don't want our animals to be exposed to these animals. But if it does get out and run away, it could. But here's the big thing. In today's litigious society, let's say you have a pet ferret in your house and somebody comes over to play with your, yes. your kids and one of the friends gets bitten by the ferret, mm -hmm. you get a jerk owner. Or a jerk owner. A jerk, a jerk owner of the hu little human. Yeah, yeah, the human owner. A, a human owner. They could say, well, you know, and plus any bites, any animal bites have to be reported by doctors to the animal control. And they could say, has this ferret been vaccinated for rabies? Right? It's a great and point. And if it hasn't, that parent, they could, if they really wanted to, they could make your life hell. Because yep. – you know, you're going to have to quarantine that ferret for 30 days. Sometimes you have to, sometimes, sometimes if you get a good, uh, uh, animal control officer, you might be able to quarantine him at home. Some make you quarantine him at a vet office. Some make you quarantine him at the shelter. Um, if you get somebody who's really, really going to cause trouble and your ferret has not been vaccinated, you know, they could make an argument that your ferret needs to be put down and have the brain checked. So, he, nobody wants that headache. So it's just, it's just a good idea to go ahead and get them vaccinated. And it's safe. There are actually three licensed FDA-approved vaccines for ferrets in this country. That tells you how safe it is and how important it is. Um, so the, the, all ferrets should be vaccinated when they're at least 16 weeks of age. Okay, By the time they're 16, it's only one vaccine. And then they only need to get it once a year as a booster or certain vaccines last three years. So it's a really good idea. You know, talk to your talk to your veterinarian, see what they carry, see what they recommend, make sure that they have the proper vaccine in stock, because not every veterinarian has them. Um, you don't want to give uh, a ferret, a dog, or a rabies, right. or a dog or a kitty cat vaccine for rabies if it's not approved for ferrets, because you want to use the USDA approved vaccines. The three that are out there, one of them is called Novavax One. And that's a one-year rabies vaccine. There's MRAB3, which is nice because you get them at 16 weeks. You get the second one at one year of age and then every three years. And then there's another one called Defensor 1 or 3. So a Defensor 1 is a one-year vaccine. A Defensor 3 is the three-year vaccine. But what I usually recommend for people to do before they go off and get the boosters 
I, you know, you don't have to do this, but I think it's a really good idea. Check As the I titer. recommend, they have a blood draw yeah. done and check titers. Yeah. And if your ferret has an adequate titer, you don't need to booster it. And you just get the titer done. You take the receipt, you know, the lab results that say the animal has titers. That's all you need for your records. You don't have to have the vaccine if their titers are normal. That's a really good point. Now, this the idea of the yearly booster versus the every three-year that was at one point a bit of a controversy in dog and cat management because there there was a feeling amongst those that were very health conscious in a good way, not anti-vax, but health conscious, that a yearly booster was unnecessary because the dog or cat was fully protected for longer than the year, which apparently has or has not been proven by science. And then they came along when you and I were old we're young and we're old now, there was only yearly rabies vaccinations. I don't think the three-year existed when we were growing up or maybe even when you were in vet school. But why would you choose to do a yearly versus an every three-year? Putting aside the, the, the tighter check, which I think is a great idea and is actually not legal for dogs. So well, checking the rabies um, tighter on a dog, you can't get relicensed based yeah, on that's, tighter, sometimes unfortunately. Sometimes it's, it's not a matter of choice in that sense. Sometimes it's a matter of updating the municipal laws yes. because in certain cities and certain states, they require, okay, you have to have a yearly vaccine. Well, science says you don't need that, but the state says you have to have it. So, you know, you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. So that's, those are situations where I really recommend Moving, uh, getting the tighter done, and <laughs> or move to another, tighter, move to another city, yeah, move to another state. But if you have a tighter done, you have documentation that the animal doesn't need the vaccine. Um, there are, uh, you're right. In the olden days, a lot of the vaccines for dogs and cats were getting a little off track. Here, were one year vaccines, but then they've science has proven that many of these vaccines last years. Yes, not just three years, yes. but many, many years. Yes. And so, again, that's one of the reasons that I recommend the titers before you get the vaccine because you might be three, four years out and your pet still has a normal titer, whether it's a ferret or a dog or a cat, um, and they don't need a booster. Um, so to get back to your question, in some states require the one year. They actually require it even if it's three years. It can be interesting, too, because like where I live, we have snowbirds that come down from up north, and their state may allow a three-year vaccine, and then they come down to Florida for the winter. And Florida says, no, you have to have a one-year. So they have to boost up the, the one-year because they only have a three-year, even though they don't need it. Um, and then bless their hearts, you know, I hate to say it, but there are some veterinarians that want you want to give the one-year only because that means they got the animal coming in once a year for paying, you know, spending yep. money rather than yep. once every three years. Um, I actually know veterinarians that still do that. And they require once a year vaccines. If you want to stay my client, you got to come in once a year, even though it's totally unnecessary. Um, so that's, that's the answer to your question. The other thing too is, and I don't know that this has ever been proven in ferrets. I've never seen a case report of it, but in cats and dogs, especially cats, the one-year vaccines tend to be safer in terms of vaccine reactions. Oh, interesting. Vaccine sarcomas, and that's a whole other topic for some other yeah. day. So they're seen more commonly with the one-year, with excuse me, with the three-year than they are with the one-year, and has to do with the adjuvant. So um, yeah, there's a lot of different reasons, and that's it really, you know, it's really complicated. And, uh, you know, a concerned pet owner, dog, cat, ferret, rabbit, anything, you know, should always just have a sit down and talk with their vet. 
and and see what their vet recommends. That's that's well put, and it's it's a shame that there are still vets that, in order to get the client to come in, say you I require that you get this vaccine every year. It's a shame because maybe they're doing it to make a buck, but I don't think there's enough money in that. Maybe they're doing it because they really think the animal should be seen head to toe once a year, which is kind of like a baseline minimum. And a lot of people don't do that with their ferrets and their cats because a lot of them are harder to bring into the vet's office. They are less happy in the vet's office, let's say, than a dog. I'd like to think it's like under the guise if I want to give you a vaccine every year, I really just want to make sure that animal's doing okay. Let me look in its ears and its mouth and feel, you know, feel in its belly kind of thing. That I guess, may be the case, but it's misleading. I yeah, mean, really, you just tell your yeah. client that, you know, we don't need the vaccine, but I do need to see him. I want yeah. to check that those lymph nodes. I want to look at those teeth. Right. I want to check the eyes. Yeah. Um, so getting back to ferrets and, you know, cause we don't have all day here, you know, rabies is an extremely important one and it's required by law in most States that I know of. Um, the other extremely important vaccine that ferrets need is distemper. Oh, rabies or excuse me, ferrets are exquisitely sensitive to canine distemper virus. Wow. Um, and you can have to the point where you can have a dog in the same house with a ferret if the dog gets a modified live distemper vaccine, they're going to pass distemper virus through their feces. And there have been cases of ferrets acquiring distemper through second pass effect from dogs. Wow. And so it's extremely important that you get your, your, your ferrets vaccinated for distemper. And you want to use a killed vaccine. Extremely important that you use the killed vaccine. Um, and there are only one or two uh, USDA approved ferret vaccines for that are killed for ferrets. So you don't want to, you never, ever, ever, ever want to use a dog ferret vaccine, excuse me, a dog distemper vaccine in a ferret because they're modified life. And there have been several documented cases of ferrets developing distemper after getting a dog modified live vaccine. So, you know, there are specific killed ferret vaccines, which are approved for ferrets. So make sure that that's what you use when you do your ferrets. That's really a, an incredibly important point because a lot of people after puppyhood do not have the titer checked on their older dogs for distemper and parvo, and they certainly don't get boosters just because you think, well, those are puppy diseases. So it's possible that a dog could have is there such a thing as having some distemper like a mild no. case of or there's no such thing as that well when you and the whole point of a vaccine is that it stimulates the immune system right. to develop antibodies right yes so oftentimes when when a person gets a flu vaccine or a covid vaccine or a dog gets a vaccine they have they feel puny for a day or two and that's the normal body's reaction but you don't get some distemper Got it. I, I mean, I, I realized that, so I asked it kind of rhetorically. Yeah. So the, the ferret couldn't pick up distemper from a dog who has not been vaccinated. But being vaccinated— Whoa, 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 whoa. A, a ferret can certainly pick up distemper from a dog that's not been vaccinated if that ferret, if that dog has, has uh, distemper. But what I'm Absolutely. saying is you'd know if the dog had distemper. It's a terrible disease. So it, you would, the dog wouldn't have silent distemper, right? Um. When they first get infected, before they start showing clinical signs, it can still be shedding okay. the the virus. So, it's possible. 
So they could be killing, or or, tech, or theoretically they could kill the ferret in the household if you don't keep your dog's vaccines up to date. So really we're the talking dogs, about vaccinating dogs be ferrets. vaccinated properly, and then the ferret should be vaccinated properly. Yeah, right. Wh- whoever lives in the house with a ferret has to be aware that the other animals could put the ferret at risk. Right. When, the, when, when dog breeders at a certain time, and I don't know that ferret breeders do this, they made the terrible error of not the good breeders, theoretically. I knew a Rhodesian Ridgeback breeder who did this thought, well, I don't need to vaccinate all the puppies. I will vaccinate just some of them or uh, just the mother, and they will shed. I never knew what shedding meant, and that would protect the rest of the litter. It didn't work. A lot of the puppies got the diseases and died. It was a really dumb idea. But what does it mean to shed it? You said that they can shed it in their feces. Shed means that the the actual virus is passing through the body, either through the urine or through the feces. Those are the two ways, urine and feces. It's not like Well, it can also be... Depending on the disease, it can be in the tears, it can be a nasal discharge, it can ah. be in saliva. That's why if, you know, say if a dog that um, has distemper drinks out of a bowl and salivates in the bowl, and then a ferret comes along and uses the same bowl, potentially it could pass it. Okay, so this so distemper vaccine is pretty much required. Just one last question before we wrap up. The, the issue of what a ferret bite your child's friend who comes over if your ferret is owned by a child in your house, or could, it, could you as an adult have a friend that the ferret bites? How often do ferrets bite? Is that part of their uh, makeup to bite people? They can. I mean, they're, feisty. They're, they're playful little things, and they're feisty. And, you know, I, you don't typically think of ferrets as being like the rabbit in the Monty Python that flies across the room and bites right. your head off. They don't do that. But certainly they're feisty and they're mouthy and they can bite. So it can happen. Okay. Any animal has a position for biting. Even something as, as innocuous as a guinea pig will occasionally bite. So Given, given the right circumstances or the wrong right. circumstances. Right. Okay. Basically, we have to – if we have a ferret, we have to embrace – a rabies and a distemper vaccine for him or her on a yearly basis. One one last very important point I want to bring up, Tracy, and that is that when you vaccinate your ferrets, um, a very small percentage of ferrets will have an anaphylactic or a allergic reaction to a vaccine. And it can be the rabies vaccine or it can be the distemper vaccine. But if you use the two vaccines at the same time, you increase the chance that that ferret could have an anaphylactic reaction. So it's strongly, strongly encouraged that you do have your pets vaccinated for rabies and for ferret and for, excuse me, distemper, but never at the same time. So you come in today, get your rabies vaccine, make sure everything is okay, and then maybe a month later come in for your distemper vaccine. Uh, at least in my hospital, we never do them both at the same time. That's good. And I'm too bad that they they do that for humans. They try and get people to get multiple vaccines at the same time. And if you've ever done that, which I did once, it's a really bad idea. You get a much bigger reaction. And in a ferret, it could actually kill them. So It sure could. Yeah. Just make the extra visit. It can. I don't know if it can be a tech visit or not as opposed to a full vet visit. But it's just well, one rabies of the, has to be done by a veterinarian. Yeah, it does, that's, right? That's but, a federal law. Yep. Pretty strict, but maybe the distemper can be done. It just anyway, it only saves a few bucks, and it's an investment in their long-term health and welfare. Thank you, Doctor Doug, and to those of you who love your ferrets, love them by vaccinating them, and then give them the rest of the love after that. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you.
Dr. Doug Mater and I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Exotic Pets and our desire to educate and inspire you to give your exotics their best possible life. This show is brought to you by the wonderful companies that cater to the needs of exotic pets. From Zubad Laboratories, where they make everything you need to keep your reptiles and amphibians in tip-top shape, to Oxbow Animal Health, with health and wellness solutions for small mammals, and Zupreme, the company dedicated to your bird's nutrition. And if you haven't read Dr. Doug's book, The Vet at Noah's Ark, yet, do yourself a favor and pick up a copy.